0: Ella, can you lay down, Ella? Ella the dog. Ella
1: girl.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to the Guitar Tech Podcast. It's episode number 14. Whoa, quit messing with the sound. Yeah. <laughs> My sound engineer's out of control. That's New York Roll over there messing with the buttons. Thanks for listening, everybody, and welcome back. We're going to have a special guest. We'll get to that a little bit later today. Um, But first of all, we want to acknowledge that this is sponsored by the Spinistry again. So we have a new script. (laughs) Disclaimer. Disclaimer. (laughs) So this goes out to everyone who likes things long, hard, and dirty. Club Spinistry membership is just $75 for 12 months, which is less than entry fees for a bunch of the single day events out there. That's true. Members have access to a plethora of free and discounted Spinistry events, exclusive discounts, and access to a unique library of over 1,700 adventure, gravel, and bikepacking routes via Ride with GPS. Right now, Club Spinach members get free entry into the Rat 1000, which is a 1,000-mile gravel adventure from Arkansas to New Mexico, which makes for an ideal training ride for those who are looking to attempt Tour Divide someday. Additionally, Club Spinach members get free entry into the Texas Chainring Massacre, which is a gravel event in February. Ideal for those who want to get an early start to the gravel season, or if you just want to get away from the snow and ice, go to www.spinistry.net for more information about all of their events and a link to join Club Spinistry. Thanks to Club Spinistry and uh, those involved for this sponsorship of the Guitar Ted podcast. And now we are going to talk about
0: everything's on sale. Roll back those prices.
2: Yeah. So, I don't know. I was just, we were just talking off air before uh, we started this recording that um, I got, I don't know, at least two or three emails just today about heavily discounted bicycling items.
0: It's not even the cycling industry, it's everything that I'm seeing. Really? Oh, yeah. I've been shop- shopping like camper van stuff because I've been pontificating building one. Camper van? And we won't go down that rabbit hole, but. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's across a lot of things. I think a lot of people are bracing for impact and trying to get money in the coffers and Mm -hmm. get their uh, whip out the door.
2: Yeah. I I think uh, what I was telling you earlier is, you know, in the cycling industry, what a lot of people don't realize is there's lots of moving parts in the background. So you go in your bike shop and you see 2023 product on the floor but they're just about ready to load up the 2024 product to get it over here. Yeah. You know, that's, that's going to be sitting on docks pretty soon, waiting to get to your store. So like, I know back when I worked for a Trek dealer, they switched over their, their uh, to their new model, started coming into inventory in June. That's the next month. So, you know, so if Trek, for instance, has, you know, container loads of 2024 product coming over, They don't really do model years so much anymore, but it's, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, And they still got bike shop floors are packed with 2023 product that they can't seem to find owners for. And the warehouses are stacked to the rafters. Well, you can imagine that, you know, there's a problem waiting to happen. (laughs) And that's why you're seeing, like, I I got an email from one bike brand, where they were knocking $750 off one of their full suspension bikes and $650 off another bike. And I mean, that's unheard of.
0: Yeah. I you mean, know. I got my inbox blowed up by uh track specialized and giant this year, earlier in the year. Uh, I think the Cannondale one just wrapped up.
2: Yeah. They started pretty early too.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you see the big guys doing that, it's, uh,
2: mm-hmm. that's a warning sign. I mean, it's yeah. not usual. You know,
0: no, I mean, the trek one tr- habitually was we're just emptying out the last couple of years, and maybe we got a bike frame that's been sitting there for five years. It's an odd size, yeah. They, they
2: traditionally did a a trek fest thing in early April every yeah. year, and uh, but this started in early I, February, or maybe even feels late like January, like, yeah. yeah. And then they just extended it through till I think they were still doing stuff. I yeah, think our local bike shop here is giving you a prices if you just come in and test ride an e-bike
0: yes yes they are
2: which is you know crazy stuff you know that's all because there's they've got way too much stuff on hand you know i got another email from maxis today where they're having a sale across their whole line of tires so if you're looking for some nice new gravel tires hey man they got i think it's 30 bucks off ramblers so Yeah, there you they go, got you
0: another know. gravel tire that I'd be interested in riding. It's not as aggressive as a Rambler.
2: Yeah, I think that that's on sale. All they all everything they have is on sale. Yeah, so.
0: my friend Mike Many has been riding those for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. He seems to like them.
2: Yeah, yeah. So there you go. If you've got the bucks and you need some new shoes, or you need some new tires, or you need a new a whole new bike, now is the buyer's market right now. For yeah, sure you're not going to get better deals than, than now.
0: And I was about to say, even if you wait and you're looking at a bike, you may not have the frame size. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know. Well, you know, I, I just don't think they're going to, they can't afford to cut it down much more unless they want to go out of business. <laughs> and it's I, cause I think some brands probably will. I, I honestly do. Uh and
0: I really don't know if that's a bad thing. And I'm saying yeah. that honestly, it's, there's so kind much out there. That, weed out the yeah, yeah. The market just feels saturated, and
2: yeah, it has for a long time.
0: The last couple of years just feels like uh, <clears throat> the uh, custom builders are coming on stronger. So you got you know companies like Esker and Atzo that seem to be doing. That seem to be thriving. They're filling a niche of something. Yeah. Um, Twin Six has a couple of bikes. Yep. You know, I guess in the last five to six years, there's a lot of smaller boutique companies coming up that are doing well
2: yeah there's some of that i think um you know that you hate to see you know people lose their jobs but on the other hand um the bike industry probably could do well with fewer choices to a degree you know in
0: theory the more competitors you have the lower the prices are right but
2: not the way they run the bike business (laughs) you know what i mean it's their their idea is just to make you know crap ton of bikes and try to jam it through the pipeline and that's what they've done for the last 40 years you know or more so and, and until they change their ways until they all decide we're only going to make x amount of bikes and that's a lot less than they make now that's not going to change yeah so uh oversupply has been an issue with the bike business for like i said probably 40 40 years or more
0: And do you blame the bike business or you blame their marketers? Because their marketers are the ones providing those forecasts. It's all the
2: the same. It's just the way they do the business, you know.
0: And then again, if you think about it, since Giant is the the parent company, Giant really is the one that does all the aluminum frames in Taiwan. Yeah. There's only really a handful of facilities. So if you don't go in there and maximize your production run, you're leaving capacity for a competitor. Right. So there's that gamemanship on that other side of it.
2: Yeah, you yeah, because you don't own your own factory. Yeah, yeah, you're buying space in a factory. Yeah, basically,
0: yeah. So look at that side of it: is you're you're playing a game that <laughs> you may be cutting off your own nose. You yeah,
2: know? yeah, it's interesting how that works, but it's kind of a vicious circle, I guess. Um, another thing I've noticed is uh, there's a lot more information available now. Uh, as to off-brand, little previously little-known uh, companies that you can get now just by a click of a, your mouse button or your phone, you know, screen, you can get things coming from China that you bypass the major brands all together. Yeah, um, I know. Like the, I was talking on my blog not too long ago about uh, Sensa and there's L um, L2 and a couple other brands that make complete drivetrains now, wireless shifting drivetrains that you can buy for, you know, 500 bucks or 350 bucks or, you know, it's, the prices are insane, you know?
0: Yeah. It makes you wonder why is our prices so low? Is, is it the marketing that's not out there? So there's, so there's a cost savings in them not yeah, doing all these sponsorships or not sponsoring UCI. They're not sponsoring a race right. team. They're not I trying mean,
2: to support salaries yeah. or, you know, big wigs and whatnots and athletes and, events and
0: so it makes you wonder yeah yeah you know, it's
2: it's just a factory with some people in it they're trying to make a life you know over there and uh i know i heard a story and i don't know how true it is but uh that one of the major component manufacturers decided up and go and build a new factory in china and just left this factory that they were in high and dry and the people that were there were going to you know, lose their jobs and they decided they didn't want to lose their jobs. So they kind of designed their own dry train parts. And that was one of the, the, uh, genesis of one of these alternative dry train companies was that, and maybe why some of their stuff looks a lot like SRAM stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: (laughs) intellectual property is not a thing over there Mm -hmm. unless you take it from them. Right. Oh, foul. Yeah. Is it like, really? They like fight about it over there, but yeah. yeah. But um, it's uh, it's interesting watching manufacturing because I'm in it. I'm in it very much. And they, uh, sometimes the level of thought that goes into it just impresses me. Yeah. yeah. Like and you're the, overthinking this, buddy.
2: Like the gamemanship, like you said, too. You know, that's another part of it. I was watching on a YouTube channel um, where this guy was at the uh, Shanghai bike show. Yeah. And they were showing all this, you know, the latest trends in Chinese cycling, which you don't think about China as being a a consumer of bicycle products. But, you know, they're one of the, if they're not the largest, most populous nation on earth or close, I think India might have just passed them up. But
0: I I think you need to look at a video of 1980s Beijing and see the ratio of bikes to cars. Yeah.
2: Right. And, but it, I'm talking about like recreational cycling now. This is really taking off over there. And so they have all these brands that are Chinese specific. They don't even come over here. Yeah. And this guy was showing stuff that they make and what the trends are for the Chinese market, which is pretty, like all their wheels have carbon spokes, which is crazy. You know, you don't ever see that over here. Carbon spokes, you know, I mean, I know they exist, but you, I've never seen anybody really use them. And it's like every bike they sell over there has them. They have complete wheel sets that weigh like a little over a thousand grams. It's insane.
0: I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around if I even want to try a carbon spoke wheel. Yeah. I
2: But it's like just, common over there.
0: Well, just thinking about the compression stresses. Yeah. I'm just like my brain's just not processing it right now.
2: Yeah. It's it's amazing. The stuff they, they got going on over there.
0: Because I think with putting tension on carbon fiber would not be good. Like sustain, ten, like, you know what I mean?
2: Well, unload, unload, load, unload. It's usually how spoke works, right?
0: Yeah, but even just so, setting it up. Yeah. You're putting tension on it just yeah, from you the hub to, flange right? to the nipple, right? So you're putting tension on it that way. And I think that alone would be weird. Yeah. And then exactly what you're saying, the rotation right. stacked on with load, unload. Yeah, it's it's then,
2: interesting how they get it, how they do it, but I'm sure they've engineered it out to be a thing, you know, where it's safe to ride. Yeah,
0: I'm not saying it's not doable, it's mm-hmm. just my brain's just not processing it, right? Yeah. I guess.
2: And, uh, yeah, I It's this, working. Yeah, I mean they they've got them over there boatloads of them over there actually. Yeah. And then one of the the funnier things I saw, it, if you're not familiar with trade shows, and bicycle trade shows in specific, there's always like the fringe area or there's, there's a showroom that's like in the basement or behind, you know, in the back. Oh, you want to go back there and see the weird stuff that's back there, you know, where the booths are really cheap. And the the oddball ideas kind of all congregate in these areas. And so, and sometimes there's people wheeling things through the aisles that they can't really afford a booth, but they've got this idea. They want to show everybody. And it's some wacko Bizarro idea. So trade shows have a lot of that going on and bicycle trade shows are no stranger to that. So this guy found a full suspension e-trike that had like a full on mountain bike fork on the front. And it it looked like a, it looked like a a mini link, like you'd normally see like a Santa Cruz full suspension bike, but it was a trike. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it was crazy. It doesn't really, it kind of makes sense. Cause I can see kind of like the I beam going back being split in two and kind of like having a, uh, a car suspension on it. Well, this it,
2: guy, this, this had like the, the rear triangle was intact from like a regular bicycle, but it would just, you know, the axle was extended out and then it had a platform or the, with a box in the back. It was a cargo trike. Okay. But it was made off a mountain bike platform. And it was pretty crazy. And I came and it was all carbon. I can't imagine what it costs. Oh man.
0: Imagine your big dummy being a full screen. I know.
2: Right. (laughs) Surly. Yeah. Come on now. You can make this out of steel. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just had to mention that because I thought that was pretty, pretty wild. But you know, you you look at things like uh, GPS computers and then who's been dominant there in that market. And, Uh, Now there's, you know, Chinese companies making competitive uh, product for, you know, 200 bucks. Yeah. Comparative to, it's competitive to a Garmin 1040, you know, which costs what, 500?
0: Something Uh, like that. I think they're down to 300 now, 200. Or no, that's Wahoo, Rome is down. Yeah, Wahoo
2: is down there. Oh yeah, Yeah. they're
0: they're cut, I think I saw it, 199, I think.
2: Again, with the sale thing.
0: Yeah, and I I was just like, I just never mind. I had buyer's remorse on the last one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not the last swap. It was the last who I bought a used one from a friend for a hundred bucks. I was like, two weeks later, they slashed the prices on Roams. So I was like, well, shit. I could have got the girlfriend a colored screen one, <laughs> better features. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was um, it was interesting. Yeah. Do we want to do uh? A gravel grinder amplifier first before Michelle calls in from for Colesburg. Yep.
2: Yeah, so we are, yesterday today, as, as New York Roll just led on, is uh, the director of the Colesburg Backyard 40, I think it's what they call it now. Yep, It's had different names through the years. We'll find out more about that. So let's do gravel amplifier right now. What do you got?
0: Um, I have a new event. You're going to have to go to Toppling Goliath's uh, webpage to register. Yeah, um,
2: Toppling Goliath is a beer yep. craft bre- beer brewery in uh, Decorah, Iowa. Yep, so, world renowned, by the way.
0: Yeah, it's legitimately good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they found a good way to make tasty beer. Um, anyways, it's uh, September thirtieth. It's eight thirty to nine o'clock. It's the Goliath Gravel Ride, Gravel um,
2: Grinder, Goliath Gravel Grinder.
0: Well, so if you look at this the picture says Goliath gravel ride. And then right underneath it, it says Goliath gravel grinder.
2: So we'll use both. So I'm going to go gravel grinder. Cause I like that. Makes I, some people I, mad.
0: not going to argue with you. I'm just showing you what I'm reading. But, um, it's September 30th, 830 to 9. A.M. Uh, this is our first year. They have a 50 K and hundred K option. Um, It showcases the scenic bluffs and natural beauty of the Decorah area from the POV of unpaved roads and scenic byways. This is what I find interesting with this. Yeah, Some 200 riders will participate in this day-long event, starting with breakfast and culminating with live music and fresh from the tap, topping Goliath beers. Of course, lots of riding in between. I just want to know how they're going to get 200 riders on their first year because it seems like I'm not begrudging them anything. That's a lot of people. But I've... It's s- toppling Goliath, though. Yeah, there's that, too. That's a pretty good poll. But I've seen events claim or make statements, and then they're not even at a fraction of what they said.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know? But they got a marketing team and a little bit more push than your yeah. average person does.
0: Yeah, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I like core four last year, they did extremely well. Right. I think they had like six fifty to 700 riders.
2: Yeah. Which was huge. Yeah. It was a very successful first but event.
0: We'll talk to Alex in a couple of weeks and he was just relentless with this marketing. He still is. Yeah. <laughs> well, he cooled off over the holidays because I yeah. think he was like break time. Yeah. You gotta, but you, you do have to take a break. Yeah. You, but
2: you're going to find out people that the marketing for core four is going to come back strong. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> but um, we'll talk with them later about that. But there is, um, right now, it says click for info to register, and you click the link, and there's nothing. So I would just stay tuned to the website. Uh, for again. the
2: Goliath Gravel Grinder. Correct. Right?
0: And that's yeah. a Toppling Goliath up in Decorah.
2: Right. So you can expect it to be very hilly, very scenic, and... Um, It's not going to be, even though it's 100K or 50K, it's not going to be super easy. And here's Michelle. All right.
0: Hold on, Michelle. All right. All righty, Michelle, can you hear us?
1: I sure can. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, we can hear
0: you. I had to get it on Bluetooth for some reason. (laughs) When my iPhone picks up, it goes straight to anything else but what I want it to do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well,
2: welcome, Michelle, to the Guitar Ted podcast. This is Guitar Ted, and we're, you're with New York Roll here, so thanks for making time to be with us today.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
2: So let's uh, start out uh, by having you tell people um, who you are representing today.
1: I'm representing the Colesberg Back 40 gravel bike race.
2: Right on. We'll get to more of the details of that in a little bit, but first off, whenever I have a new guest on, I always like to find out how you got into cycling, so if you could briefly tell us your cycling story of how you got into it, that'd be great.
1: Oh boy, I don't want people to feel sorry for me, but um, I do have lower <laughs> i have lower back issues, and um, chiropractors, doctors, nothing with helping, um, it's something that is mostly opposite of what most people have, and my back is overarched. Oh. So, being hunched over a bike is actually a great thing. It's therapy and it just makes everything feel better. So, that it was kind of a savior. I mean, I, I seriously had trouble walking for just short distances because my back would just give out on me. Wow. So, cycling is, saved me. It awesome.
2: absolutely saved me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ironic because uh, one of the former directors of, of Colesberg, his blog was called Saved by the Bike. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah, that's Lance Andre. I'm sure you know who he is. but his, his, Oh,
1: he's a good friend. Yeah, his, <laughs> his
2: old blog was called Saved by the Bike, and so it kind of dovetails right into your story. That's kind of ironic. Uh, that so, is. So, uh, that's how you got it. That's an amazing story, by the way. Um, how did you find gravel then?
1: How did what? How
2: did you get into the gravel cycling part of it?
1: Well, I, I, my true passion is mountain biking. Okay. Um, I I think it's because I have ADD and I just, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, spinning and spinning, um, on the highway on my road bike, which I love to do also, um, I tend to get a little bored with it. So I really liked mountain biking. I liked um, different times of the year that you could get out of the elements, the wind and still cycle. And um, I just like the variety of mountain biking. And then there's other times of the year in the spring when you have the free saw Mm -hmm. thing going on in the Midwest and you can't mountain bike. And a lot of times it's too windy to be on the road and gravel cycling just seems to be a happy medium. Nice. So I, I just really enjoy it.
2: So where, where are you from, Michelle? So that our listeners kind of got an idea where, where you're talking about.
1: Well, I'm actually from, I'm, I'm here on my family farm, which is where I grew up. And that is about five miles North of Coolsburg, Iowa.
2: Oh, okay. All right. So you're right up there so in the hills cool. then.
1: <laughs> I am. I'm yeah. in the driftless area.
2: Yeah, so why don't you uh, give people an idea of what you feel the driftless area is all about as far as terrain goes?
1: Well, um, it's sort of, you know, when I um, when I start my award ceremony, I usually tell a Chuck Norris joke because <laughs> I like Chuck Norris jokes, and um, I guess the main one is how many hills can Chuck Norris? climb on his gravel bike and the answer is all of them (laughs) so in northeast iowa there are hills and hills and hills and i enjoy climbing hills so when i can find the hardest nastiest steepest, or longest or even both i put those into the race because i think other people in a weird way love hills also yeah
0: no, you can keep Landau Road to yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Landau Road is is a great hill. I used to call it a gut punching hill. Yeah. And when I first started cycling, it took me probably three tries before I could get up the hill right. without stopping.
3: Yeah, you got. But now,
1: in. now. It's here.
2: <laughs> and Michelle, we're talking about gravel road, right?
1: Yeah. That's right.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh,
2: what would you say just to give, let's give our listeners kind of um, some context to this because all three of us sitting here know what we're talking about because we've all ridden up there, but (laughs) a lot of our listeners have no idea what we're talking about. So the driftless area, um, like you said, it's a hill after hill. There's really no rest because I found, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I found up there that you climb and it takes a while because the, the gradients can be anywhere from 12 to 15% or even higher in some cases. And you get to the top and then you go down so fast, you don't get time to recover and then you're back climbing again. <laughs> Does that sound about right?
1: Yeah, well, sort of. Um, actually, I think the downhills are the gr- a great time to recover. Sure. I, I, race, I, I travel around and race other people's races just to help get the word out about mine plus I just I just love meeting new people and racing in other areas and I find that um it's almost easier in the northeast corner because you do get a rest now there are other races where the hills aren't as steep and the downhills aren't much and it seems like you don't get any rest because you're constantly pedaling because the downhills just aren't aren't there and you're still pedaling on them. Right. So I, I do feel like the area up here, at least you have a little recovery. It, it, mm-hmm. it does go faster, right? but it is a little bit of a recovery. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so it, it's a beautiful area too, because, uh, Iowa for our listeners, Iowa is mostly on a grid. So if you looked at a map of Iowa and looked down on our gravel roads, it's going to look like a graph paper almost. But when you get up in there in the Driftless area, it's not like that, is it, Michelle?
1: No, you don't have the the square county roads up yeah. here. It's winding and hilly, and it's, you just never know. Unless you're from the area, you don't know what's coming. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like Colesburg is a southern portion of that topography. So if you go a mile south of Colesburg, it's fairly flat. But if you yeah. go north or east or west a little bit it's you're going to be nothing but climbing all day yeah yeah that's what right I, yeah.
1: no you're absolutely right
2: yep so on on your route um do you I'm, I'm sure you probably feature a lot of the neater roads in the area but are are there any of those ridge top roads that you can see for miles from
1: there are yeah they're I, they're I, the I race- really
2: like those <laughs> there's some of my yeah favorites. and
1: And so there's a lot of people that come to race and there's a lot of people that just want the ride for the beauty and some want both. So you'll have the people flying by those areas, you know, they might take a quick glance and appreciate the scenery and then there's others that will stop and just take pictures and, you know, really, um, take it all in.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So, and we don't care who comes you know each (laughs) we like a combination of both you don't have to race just come and ride and enjoy it
2: right yeah absolutely and then uh this event traditionally it's been on labor day weekend is it still that way
1: it is it's um so i think it has gone back and forth i've been the race director for the colesburg race for i think five years now
3: okay and
1: um I believe in the past it has gone back and forth from the Sunday of Labor Day weekend to the Monday
3: mm-hmm.
1: of that weekend, and we are back now to the Sunday. Okay. Because uh, we had a, a bigger turnout when I did that, and that was last year for the first time, as far as since I've been directing, mm-hmm. we had um, we doubled our our quantity as far as registrations and just it gave people who traveled long distances, at least time to get back before they had to start work again on Tuesday.
2: Yeah. They weren't in such a big hurry to get, get home. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's
2: right. Nice. Yeah. yeah that,
0: that was one of the drawbacks. Cause you had to behave all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, behave. <laughs> didn't say, well, okay. Well, right. <laughs> All
2: right. Well, hey, Michelle, uh, can you tell us anything about the history of this race? Because I know it goes way back.
1: It does. Um, This is the oldest gravel race in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Ongoing gravel race, I should say. And this year is the 30th year anniversary. Nice. So, um, Colesburg, the Colesburg race, you know, people were racing gravel before it was cool to race gravel <laughs> and yeah. ride gravel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, the, if you want to know more about the, the history of how it started, I, I can go into that. It's, it's a absolutely. pretty cool story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there were, uh, there was a group of Dubuque cyclists who would travel every year to race in the Schwamigan 40 up by um, Hayward and Cable. And that's, it was a mountain bike race, right. but really it was just um, on the Berkey trails and also fire roads. And to help prepare for that race a little better, they actually thought, you know, we, two weeks prior to that race, we need to have our own ride slash race Um and the best area to, to simulate that was doing it in the Delaware and Clayton County um, areas in the drift list, of course, because the gravel roads would help simulate the, um, the Berkey. And then mm-hmm. also a lot of level B and C roads that would be similar to the, um, the gravel or the fire roads right. up in that area. So that's how it all started, was just to prepare for the Schwamigan 40 race. And that's why it's called Colesford Back 40.
2: Right, yeah. And then it, originally it was just a 40-mile uh, course, and that was that way for right. a long time. But now you have multiple distances, isn't that right?
1: Yes, um, there is a 25-mile a 45 mile because I keep adding a little bit. So I went from <laughs> 40 to 45. And then uh, 60. And then last year I created Iowa's hardest 100. So 100 miles of great scenery. N- n- let's not call it steep hills. <laughs> yeah. Let's call it great scenery. Um, so that was last year and that was a huge success. And then this year I'm thinking, okay, there's a lot of people that really, really like this torture. <laughs> I'm going to create um, Iowa's Hardest 200. Right. So this year is Iowa's Hardest 200, and that will start the evening before. Wow. So that'll that'll be on September 2nd, and that starts at 10 o'clock.
0: Wow. So is that and one year. big loop, or is that laps? Well, or? Here,
1: <laughs> here's what it is. It's doing iHeart 100. In both directions.
2: Okay. Ah, interesting. I right. So now I gotta I gotta stop you for a minute, Michelle, because you're telling me not to call it steep hills, and then you say it's like people like this crazy hard stuff.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> but
2: you're right. You're right. I get it.
3: <laughs>
2: I yeah. just had to so, point that out. <laughs> so
1: the iHard, iHard 100 and iHard 200, and last year for the iHard 100. Um, you received a title belt. So nice. what I did is I took stones from this area, you know, basically a limestone, had it engraved with our logo and put it on a belt. So it was, it, it's basically a title belt.
2: That's awesome.
1: So there will be a title belt for the 200 also.
2: Nice. Very cool. Cool. That's cool. So what, uh, what can people expect uh, when they come to Colesburg as far as anything outside of just riding the bike?
1: Um, nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, <Fair> enough. Actually, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. It, it's just beautiful all over when you're traveling or, you know, doing anything just to get to this location. And, um, you know, you come to a very small town, you, you we have it at the Colesburg city park. Mm -hmm. So it's just extremely quaint. Um, Of course, Iowa is full of Iowa nice people. So everyone is welcomed into this small town. And um, I guess what you get when you come to Colesburg to the race, you get someone who is very passionate and truly wants you to have the best time ever. And, and that's what I love. I My question is, when people finish, did you have fun? Will you come back again? And will you bring friends? Yeah. So it, it's really, really important to me that everybody has a great time. And then, you know, they'll come back. And the money that is um, gathered from this race, it's all donated back to the community. Okay. So um, the Colesburg EMS. The Coldfoot Community Club, and then there's also another small town, um, Garber. So right. I also donate to the Garber EMS.
0: Okay. You don't donate to Osterdock. Do oh,
3: they, they have don't them? have. They
0: I was gonna say they
2: probably
3: don't have don't. one. <laughs> there's nothing out there. <laughs> I was no, say, there
1: isn't. <laughs> but if if there there were, then yes, I would. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> it's, it's an old general store on the corner and. That's even questionable.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right, I, I, and I
1: have, the Turkey River.
2: Yep. Um, so, Michelle, uh, you you spoke about uh, the the uh, fundraising aspect of it. What do what do people pay to get into this event?
1: Um, it's fifty dollars.
2: Fifty dollars, and that's for all the distances, no matter what, or?
1: It is. Um, what I did was, and there's a tandem event also, and I think I have that at. Seventy-five. Okay. Yeah. Instead of you know fifty dollars per person, I think I did seventy-five.
2: That makes it simple. <laughs> so, but is your registration open now, or if not, when does it open?
1: It it is open now.
2: Okay. And they can find that it's on been, on a site somewhere. I take it.
1: Um, bike ridge.
2: Bike ridge. Okay. We'll make sure we mm-hmm. get that link in our show notes for people. That's great. Well, so. That was great. Yeah, Um, I have to ask you a question because I've ridden up there before. Do you do you have Fantail Road in your course?
1: Fantail Road. Yeah. Okay, so don't don't take this wrong, but because I grew up in the area, I have my own names (laughs) for (laughs) these roads. You know, before years before the uh, nine one one. Sure. uh, You know, we had to have certain names. But, um, Sand Road, I'm trying to think
2: it's just, what that is. About. It's just, uh, north of Edgewood.
0: Oh
1: just, oh, just
2: north of Bixby State Park.
1: Uh, actually the race does go through Bixby. Yeah. It does? Uh, well, the one, excuse me, it's the 100 mile. Yeah.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, it sure does.
3: I've
2: got a beef with Fantail Road. That's why I asked you.
1: <laughs> um, going which way, north or south?
2: Well, it kind of <laughs> goes, it kind of starts down, down there in the valley. Just, I think it's just south of Littleton is where it kind of starts. And then it goes, it's like about a mile and a half, two-mile climb. And it goes mostly west.
1: Oh, I know what you're talking about. And I understand. <laughs> why. Okay, so that would be called Bear Creek. Okay. In in you know for locals we call that Bear Creek. Okay. Road. But <laughs> I've ridden that road and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's
2: that's, that's uh <laughs> I've never made it all the way to the top without having to get off and walk. <laughs> but usually oh. usually it's because I've ridden about 90 miles before I got to that point. So <laughs> Yeah. I I used to I used to do a ride up there, uh I used to have my guitar Ted Death Ride invitational and I'd go to different places, you know, and put that on and, and I started uh a couple of years in Strawberry Point Point. we'd do this great big hundred and sixteen mile loop and it had that oh. road in it and um yeah, so that like that kind of came at the end and so we and I did it and it, I always had this ride at the end of July. So, you know, it's hot and humid and crazy stupid. Sure. and So I'm familiar with that area. <laughs> and yeah, I've I've ridden, I've ridden down Impala Road and come into Garber that way and done all that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Okay. It's a neat area. I love it. I'm yeah, upset. Yeah,
1: Road is, is definitely in the race.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, upset good. you just don't commit to it in Pala, whether the river's up or not. <laughs>
2: yeah. That could be a real mess if it was wet, I imagine. Well, it I've has never, been a mess. I've never ridden it when
0: it was wet, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the few That's that survived the crossing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um so one thing I added last year which was kind of neat is because I grew up in the area, I know, you know, basically everyone and either I'm friends with a lot of the landowners or my parents mm-hmm. or both. And what I could do is I can incorporate, I incorporated in a lot of level C roads and this is what they used to call them years ago. Um, we had C and B and right. C actually has turned into just, okay, they're not maintained by the county anymore. They are given to the, um, the, the landowners. Landowner, so, yeah. yeah, they are private property, and I have gotten permission from the landowners to still use them. So I'll go out, you know, weeks in advance and do a little work here or there, whether it's removing trees, brush, mowing, or whatever, I mean, I don't want it to be so hard that you think you're, you know, just riding through <laughs> the tube. But
3: right. that
1: there's an actual path. But um, one of the, one of the places we go through now, there's a wooden bridge, and there's just big, huge rock outcropping, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Cool. And these are roads that you aren't going to be able to see, other than on race day you know you're we're allowed to go through and we can see the beauty that's not just along a county road right so it's pretty cool
2: yeah it is i agree there is i've run across some stuff like that back in there of course i never got to use it like you can but um just poking around trying to find a route through there and um i remember one time i was back uh not too far from garber actually um And uh, I was trying to find a way out of the valley there and uh, ran down this road and it kept getting narrower and narrower and pretty soon it was just a two track and then it made an abrupt left through this hedgerow, and I was in a Amish guy's front yard, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I
1: guess I can't go this way. <laughs> I think I might know where you're talking. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it was really neat back in there. You know, I was super kind of sad that we couldn't make it work out, and it looked like the road went like straight ahead, but it was all full of trees and underbrush, and you know, it'd been not a road for years and so I was like well I can't do that and so I went back and found a different way through there but
1: oh, I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about and I'm pretty sure that I mean that is one road that I cleared a lot of the brush
2: yeah yeah that would be that and would be really cool to go through there yeah I, I, yeah I know what you're talking about so you know for listeners who are considering uh, riding in this area uh, Michelle's right if you can make it to the Colesburg back 40 uh, and be able to see these things that nobody else is going to be able to see any other time. It's a treat. It really is. It's beautiful back in there. And, um, you know, if you're just in it for the adventure, uh, I could hardly recommend the area as a place to ride because you'll definitely have an adventure. (laughs) It's a really good place.
0: Are you still taking them on the 60 through the trout streams?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We go through streams.
0: Yeah, there's a B road after I think it's a state park. I'm not sure, or maybe it's just state land.
1: It, uh, Fountain Fountain Springs.
0: Yep. There's a B road right yeah. after that that I was on my fat bike on that first year, and there's a lot of people walking it, and yeah. I just railed it on the otso. Now
2: you're bragging. Well, it doesn't look good on you. No, it does. <laughs> he <laughs> should it, brag. I, re- I remember
1: that year again.
3: Okay.
2: Okay.
1: And he- He did really well. And I thought, and you're writing a fat bike. Okay. (laughs) No, no, it's true. He did really well that year. And then I didn't see him the year after. And I thought, how am I going to find this guy? This is before I really, you know, knew people. And then I ran into Dave at Core four last yeah. year and I'm like, Where have you been?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Finish the story I need on you that to one. Come yeah. fast. <laughs> she 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 then she then goes, Are you coming this year? And I go, No, I have to go to Chicago to be with my girlfriend. And she looked at me and she goes, Can you break up with her? <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> well, Dave, you know I was joking. I know you're joking,
0: but that's like that's good. It's funny. I like it. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, you were you were fun to have around, and I was like, "Where is he? Why why isn't he coming?" <laughs> that's only
0: because I <laughs> lifted my shorts up for Lisa. Oh, brother. Oh dear. You don't remember that picture? I, that caught that one. Oh
1: yes, yes, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. So now you, now you have to give me that picture so, so I can everyone, make the
2: header for the this podcast out of it. It's some. Um, I, I might be able to find it.
1: <laughs> I may have to put the, that on my profile. You should, the oh, God. yeah,
2: that would be great. I yeah. might
1: have to do that so everybody can see it on the Colesburg Back Forty yeah. Facebook profile.
2: Page. There you go. No. There you go. Yeah. So this event <laughs> is on a Sunday. You said right? Hopefully yeah, day September third. September third. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking through it. There's not very many places I can go for events because I got to work on Saturdays, where I where I yeah. work now. So, but that I could make that work. So,
0: so that on used to Sunday. be yeah. Robert Fry's and mine um, race that we would go to together, and yeah. we would carpool out. That. Yep. And then his wife Carrie had to inject herself, and I get kicked out of the car. Oh, I'm kidding about that. But they started going together, and Robert stopped
1: asking me. Uh, (laughs) That's It was probably the lifting of the shorts that Uh, caused that. There you go. He probably
0: asked me, and I said I was busy. So he's like, (laughs) move on. So
1: So also, um, we didn't mention this, but you can come the night before and camp in the park. Oh, Okay. That's good. So I mean there are restrooms and I believe this year I need to go up and check, but they were doing some improvements to the restrooms. There aren't showers but I think they were doing some improvements and part of the money that was donated from the race actually was going toward restroom improvements. Nice. So there aren't showers, um There are places, you know, you can get electricity from the shelter and and stuff like that, but you're welcome to pitch a tent or bring a RV or motor home. There's uh, places to park and yeah.
0: Even if that place is full, you can go over the hill to Elkport. Yeah. To that
1: one. There's a large campground at Elkport. That's correct. And And that's only 10 miles away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you race
0: through it. You're going to go through it on the bikes anyways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The first. Yeah, that's year a I
1: mandatory. Did... Sorry, no, that's a on. mandatory check spot. Uh, checkpoint. Yeah, the during f- the race, with Elkport. Okay.
0: The first okay. year I raced was the only year they did it out of Elkport. Oh really? Yeah. That was oh. great to get that big climb in it in the beginning of it because yeah. it's about mile and a quarter paved, I think, roughly.
2: That was when Lance was still running it. Yeah,
0: but we didn't turn off to where they turn off now. We went to like another quarter mile, I think, up to an abandoned sea road, and we uh-huh. just—I just remember I was going, 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 and then there was like a sixteen-inch drop because all the erosion. Oh gee. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So I tried. I tried to fill some of that in for the race last year. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
2: But you need
1: um, a dump truck. <laughs> Speaking of Elport, um, there is, you know, hidden back in the timber, um, still in the town, there is a very steep little paved road that goes up to St. Michael's Cemetery. Oh, really? And I believe, oh gosh, the pitch on that, I think, is a 22. Wow.
0: How and do you get the you know, asphalt to stick. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Right. <laughs> it's very narrow. And it's not very long, but I added that to the race last year where you went up, did a quick loop and came back down. And people were, some people were like, I can't believe you did that. Why did you, why <laughs> did you do that? Why did?" And there were people swearing and I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you notice at the top of the hill that it, is, it just opens up into the most gorgeous cemetery, if the cemetery can be gorgeous, um, oh, sure. of anything I've seen? The first time I rode my bike up there, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is absolutely gorgeous. So here's what I'm going to do this year. There's going to be an ear of sweet corn for every rider that's going through there. And there's going to be someone positioned at the top of that hill they are going to have to stop their bike, shuck an ear of sweet corn, take the sweet corn, you know, stick it in their, their pouch or whatever, ride down the hill to the shelter at the Elport, you know, right in Elport where the checkpoint is and yeah. where um, an aid station is, they're going to have to throw that sweet corn in a kettle and and then move on, you know. You know, keep riding. But mm-hmm. after everyone goes through, that kettle is going to be taken to Colesburg and cooked. And the um, local 4-H club will be serving sweet corn along with the meal that they're serving. That's
0: interesting. Isn't wow. there laws against rider labor? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you right. Have
0: to be too young. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's child
2: labor. Well, it's not
1: <laughs> you know, they're in Same Iowa. Day. They should yeah. know how to. That's they should right. know how to chuck some sweet corn. Absolutely. Oh,
2: <laughs> you should know that. Yeah.
0: I know how to do that. So, that would right. Be right. Yeah. I've done enough. You've done enough, I've huh? done enough sweet corn. My oh, life. boy. I will tell you, New York State has a far superior they, sweet corn. See, now, look Iowa. what you
2: did, Michelle. You started this rivalry with New York State and their sweet corn. Good grief.
3: Oh. Are
1: you
2: going to do peaches and
0: Cream, <laughs> or are you going to do Silver Queen?
1: Which one are you going to do? I don't know. The corn is donated from one of the landowners who is letting us go through his property, and well, and cool. the level B. Well, so don't share with him donated. anything
0: that I said cuz you won't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to offend anybody,
2: so. Right. Yeah. So, Michelle, let's uh review a little bit here. What what are the distances again? And um then you guys uh have this registration is open now on Bike Reg, so I'll make sure I get the that in the show notes but let's give everybody an idea of of the distances you've got going on because you've got that new one I know there's other ones other than 40 so
1: yes. so there's a 25 and I label that as not a cakewalk and the 45 is I'm call I call that the original because it's closest to the 40 mile original Mm -hmm. route and then 100 miles which is named I hard 100 And then the 200 mile race, which is I heard 200. Okay.
0: All right. So I got the question on the 200. Can you bike pack that? Like if you're starting at night the previous day, could you theoretically finish that at like finish your first loop and then bed down, then wake up and go out for your second one?
1: You can, if you want, but I, (laughs) you can do, you absolutely can do that. But I have timed each of these races. So they, filter everyone in as close to the same time frame as, you know. All of the races together so you get back to the Yes. So the award ceremony it's there is no time cut off, that's correct. But I you know, to get everyone to the award ceremony and and the podium, you know, so they can be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you don't like that kind of thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say there, to anyone, there is no time cut off.
0: <laughs> just knowing that terrain, not even looking at that route, just knowing that terrain. Um, if you could finish that 200, you can blow the doors off of unbound.
2: Oh yeah. Easy. For sure. So yeah, no, no challenge in the ground fork. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's, I know when we did that death right up there and it was 116 miles and it was it was ten thousand feet of climbing. We had twenty five miles of dead flat. Yeah. From Cater uh, to oh. uh, wherever it was, that other E town <laughs> along the Turkey River. <laughs> no,
1: Elkport. No.
2: No, it wasn't Elkport. It was the town closer to West Union. Oh, um, not Cater. It was Elk oh, to Elkader. We. Oh, I can't remember the name of the town off the top of my head.
0: There's Camonia something no, by motor. Camonia, Cim- Yeah. Cimonia. That's over by the yeah, motor, motor motor
2: mill. Yeah. This is further to the West and North. Okay. Yeah. Right along the Turkey river. We had 25 or 27 miles of something like that right on the Turkey river. It's dead flat. There's no elevation at all really. Yeah. And so out of the 116, you take that 25 or so off. And that mileage had 10,000 feet of climbing. God. <laughs> so there's a lot of climbing in there. So it's fun though. It's a great place to ride and I love it. So yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. And Michelle, you are on, um, Instagram. I imagine you have a Facebook event out there, right? You're on bike. Uh,
1: I don't think I created the event yet. I probably should do that. That might be a good idea.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't we- mean to give you work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh well, the events are, excuse me, all of the information is, um, is on the Colford page, but yes, I I'll, I'll do an event, which is something I've been meaning to do anyway. And then we'll have it there too. And I just thought of the town you were talking about. I think it's Elgin.
2: Yes. Yes. That's it. Thank you. Yes. Elgin, yeah. Elgin, Elgin, Elkater. And there's that, it's a beautiful road, but it's just pretty much a dead flat.
1: Right. So, uh,
2: <laughs> but, uh That was, we used that. And then we went out of El Cater to the East and that's when all the fun began. (laughs) (laughs) All the climbing. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so Facebook, you're on there. Do you do anything else on social media?
1: Um, I don't think so. Okay, I do want to mention one other thing that, um, so I used to race the Schwamigan 40. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did it enough and I thought, okay, the reason I'm in this area is because I love mountain biking. So if I race, then I can't mountain bike as much because the race is, you know, a lot of hills and it, it takes a lot out of you. And you're, you know, you can't really ride a whole lot the next day and you don't want to do it the day before. So I started becoming, I, I became a Schwamigan pirate. Oh. So I actually, if, if you're familiar with the Schwamigan 40 then you know the Schwamigan pirates they claim a pirate hill on the Schwamigan 40 and they hand out um shot drinks okay i it's a mixture that we make up and um but anyway what i'm leading to is the Schwamigan pirates are all really good friends of mine and they have been for years so um I believe pirates are going to show up and claim a hill on the Colford race this year. Oh, boy. So
0: that's that pirate thing I've been seeing. I'm just like shaking my head. I'm like, I don't understand this connection. Okay, that makes it sense.
1: The Schwamigan pirates are famous.
0: Yeah? (laughs) I don't know. Never been to Schwamigan. I don't
2: think they were doing (laughs) it. I don't think the Schwamigan (laughs) pirates were around in 1996 when I did the 40.
1: Um, they probably weren't <laughs> <just two laughs> I wish up. they would have been <laughs> yeah so they <laughs> are I'm, coming I didn't get to that. Colesburg yeah they're, they're coming to Colesburg and claiming a hill and it's not going to be Landau it's okay. Totally in the race you can't do I'm anything with sure.
0: Landau other than breathe heavy
1: <laughs> <They're> really heavy <laughs> yeah. and sweat yeah oh, right. God.
2: yeah yeah, fun times. All right. Well, Michelle, is there anything that we've missed that you want to add, make sure that you say, or we got you all covered there?
1: I I can't think of anything. I really appreciate you taking the time and having me sure. on the show. Absolutely. Well, we talked about you
0: enough. <laughs> well, okay, I, just, I
1: hope it's good.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, you know, yeah, definitely. I think
2: it's really uh, uh, um, a credit to you. Uh, that you've taken on the directing of this race. And obviously you have a passion for it and you're, you're very uh, you know, enthusiastic about what you're doing. And I think that's really great. Uh, Schwam uh, spawned this idea way back in 1993. Uh, like you said, it was it's Iowa's gravel, oldest gravel race. And it's a great example of uh, one of the things that kind of helped spur the gravel scene on, as you know, nobody knew what gravel was back in 1993, but essentially, uh, you know, a lot of the ideas that grew out of Colesburg, uh, helped spur on the gravel scene to what it is today. And, it, and it's neat to see an old event like that still around. So I appreciate what you're doing. Is what I'm saying. And I wholeheartedly encourage you to keep going because I think it's just a a treasure to have an event like that in Iowa. So thanks for taking the time to tell us about it.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. Everyone is welcome to come.
2: Good. All right. Well we'll get all the information in the show notes about the Colesburg backyard 40 and uh, thank you for joining us today, Michelle. We'll talk to you later.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
2: You bet. Bye now. Bye. Mm All right. That was Michelle uh, from the Colesburg Backyard 40. And uh, when, we, when she came and joined us, we were right in the middle of gravel amplifier, so
0: Yeah. Uh, Toppling Goliath is on Bike Reg. Okay. Um, it didn't pop up when I searched earlier. All right. And you can register via the web page, but you have to click on the picture. Is that how it works? That's how it worked, but the, where it says re- click register here. Yeah. So, yeah, clicked on that. No, you got to go up top and click on the picture. Oh, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Exposing chinks in the armor. Yeah. what's well, an Easter egg, right? Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, so, that co- covers it for that one yep. for you?
2: Yes, sir. All right. So, mine, this is kind of a unique thing that just popped up here not too long ago. It's called Rebound, and it's sponsored by Shimano. And rebound is kind of a response to uh, unbound gravel not being able to handle all the people that want to go do it. So Shimano decided to start this up, and they kind of take a took a page from pandemic-era gravel events, and it's kind of a, a virtual all over the world okay. gravel event, which is. And really neat ideas. So here's what it says on their webpage, which we'll have the link to on the show notes. It says, on June 3rd, it is time to rediscover your uh, own region, build your own route, and put in as much gravel as possible. Together, let's make this the most famous gravel event in the world. And so you can go with they what they are uh Suggestion you do is that you kind of set up a route on on your own, whatever you want to do, but use the same distances that Unbound uses. So either 25, 50, 100, or 200. And then you would do this on June 3rd, which is the same day as Unbound. And they suggest that wherever it is that you live, you start at 6 in the morning like Unbound does. Yeah. And then you uh, record this ride on a GPS unit and you upload it to Strava and uh from those people who are going to sign on to do this, they're going to give away prizes, some of which include a free uh uh free entry to next year's unbound twenty twenty four and also two free v i p tickets to this year's
0: tour de france. That's actually kind of cool, yeah.
2: So that's pretty neat. And plus so there's a bunch of other prizes too. You go to the website. It's also yeah.
0: Shimano. So
2: I'm not surprised right. they could do that. Right. So it's <laughs> www.rebound.cc. We'll have that
0: link in the show notes. And the entry fee is nothing. It's free. So can I piggyback off that idea here in a couple seconds? Yeah, sure. I like the free part. Yeah. And so they have, as of this morning when I checked it
2: out, they had over 89,000 people committed to doing
0: this those tickets
2: yeah so it's kind of cool you know i mean they they've found a way to uh, piggyback off the idea of unbound and uh, make it you know inclusive yeah and uh, draw together the community in a way that's unique and fun and uh, make it you know exciting from the standpoint that you could end up getting a neat little prize out of it just you know even out of the 20, if you just did the 25 mile one, it doesn't matter. They don't care. Yeah. So pretty cool.
0: What were you going to say about it? We should move the guitar Ted blog, Turkey ride virtual gravel grinder to the podcast. And then whoever writes up a cool narrative gives us cool picks. Send them a hat.
2: Uh, okay. I'm, I'm not following you hundred percent. What now?
0: All right. So normally you do the guitar Ted virtual Turkey burner.
2: Oh, and turkey day.
0: Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So you turkey usually burn. set it up. Yeah, yeah. You usually set it up uh, Wednesday till Sunday. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. 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 Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. Yep. So this isn't Canada Thanksgiving. This is America <laughs> Thanksgiving. Sorry. You're going to offend
2: the 4% of the people that listen from Canada to our podcast. No,
0: they're too nice. They'll forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, I was just thinking that we should do something like that. Cause you do it for your blog yeah, and that would get us some interaction yeah. with the riders out there. Yeah. We could do something. Maybe like we that. find some cool feedback.
2: Uh, it could be the, our end of season challenge. Oh yeah. Cause we're going to have a, we'll talk more about that in the future, but this, uh, this season of our podcast is probably going to close out in the fall and we'll take a break for a while and come back again in the new year. But, um, Before we leave today, um, we wanted to mention Club Spinistry again. The Spinistry is the sponsor of this podcast and uh, they want you to know they have another free event looming for club spinistry members at least for a bit longer free entries are going quickly on this one it's the midnight massacre the original nighttime gravel grinder and it's back and sign up is now open to all and it's free for club spinistry members for a limited time this will be rolling out of valley view texas on saturday night august 5th Right now, if you spend $75 on a Club Spinistry membership, it'll get you free entry into that event, the Midnight Massacre, January's Texas Chain Ring Massacre, and a bunch of other Spinistry get-togethers throughout the country. It's a good time to put a little gravel in your travels. Come join the Spinistry at www.spinistry.net or visit for the Midnight gravel, um, the Midnight Massacre gravel event at www.midnightgravel.com. And you can learn more about the Midnight Massacre there. And we'll have those uh, links in the show notes. Thanks to the Spinistry for sponsoring uh, the Guitar Ted podcast. And uh, we will be seeing you soon when we have another podcast for you cooked up. Thanks for listening, folks. Appreciate you.